Hello, and welcome to Cover to Credits, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George. And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we'll be discussing Dumplin'. Dumplin' was written by Julie Murphy and published in 2015. And the film adaptation, which came out on Netflix in 2018, was directed by Anne Fletcher. And we're doing a patron-requested episode. Our patron, Devin, asked us to do this episode. And I have known for a while that this has been, like, a really popular YA book as well. Yeah, and I feel like other people have mentioned it. Like, I don't think it's been a patron request, but I think other people have mentioned it to us. So yeah. I was happy to finally get around, getting around to talking about it. Yeah, and it's so nice. I love kind of switching things around with the podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, our last episode was Benjamin Biden. <laughs> yep. which was at once absurd and also super dramatic. And here we are back in a contemporary YA romance. Yeah. And, you know, we had talked about like doing a spooky October month. Yeah. But this is going to be our first episode in October. But we didn't want to push it back because it's a patron requested episode. Mm-hmm. But I ask you, <laughs> is there anything scarier <laughs> than impossible beauty standards pushed <laughs> upon the youth of this country? I say no. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> the most horrifying thing Good you can imagine. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it is a almost like a carry. I thought about doing Carrie. Mm. I was like, we should do Carrie at some point. We should do Carrie. There's so many Stephen King we still have to do. I know. An but, endless But we're not talking about Stephen no. King this episode. No, we're talking about uh, Clover City, Texas, and the Miss Teen Blue Bonnet. Teen Blue Bonnet. Beauty pageant. Beauty pa- yes. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Teen Blue Bonnet, which is in the book, I think they say is the country's oldest beauty pageant. At least the states. The Oh, Texas's. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it has like a lot of prestige. It's kind of a really big deal, even though this Texas is the, the town in Texas is very small. Yeah. This town is basically only known for the beauty pageant. I have to say, Adina, something about I think it's even the way the book describes it. I would hate to live in this part of Texas. <laughs> I know. And I'm sorry to anyone who maybe lives in Texas or a town like this, but it's just only described as like fast food places and it being like swelteringly hot. Yeah. And something about it, I was like, mm, I this don't. This isn't it. No. <laughs> it doesn't connect with me. <laughs> yeah. And at one point in the book, the main character, uh, Willow Dean, Willow Dean says that she doesn't know any gay people. <laughs> yes, that's true. And I'm like, okay. Or anyone that she knows is gay. Yes, yeah, she, she does. She specify. does clarify that there could be closeted people that she does know. But nobody's really out. Yeah. So it's a very kind of small town, Texas town. Mm-hmm. And very, like we said, very well known for this beauty pageant. And the main character, Willow Dean, who is a going into her junior year yeah. of high school, uh, is. A young but overweight girl. Mm-hmm. And so there's kind of a lot of conflict with her in this pageant, mainly because her mom is a big part of it. Yeah. And so it's kind of like all consuming in her life mm-hmm. when the pageant's going on because her mom is constantly uh, preparing for it, getting things ready. She does these intense diets when yeah. the pageant's coming up. Well, her mom is a former winner. Yes. Of this beauty pageant. And... Shortly after winning, her mom had Willow Dean, and Willow Dean's dad is really not in the picture at all. Mm. She never knew her dad. And so her mom and then her aunt really raised her. Um, But her mom, this was like her prime moment, right? She won the beauty pageant. 
And since then, it's been she all peaked. downhill. Yeah. She peaked in high school. <laughs> she truly did. <laughs> and she's like obsessed. Now she runs the pageant. It's now her passion project where every year she's in charge of it. And every year she wears the dress that she wore when she won the pageant when she was in high school. And it's like an achievement for her. Yes. And I think the casting of Jennifer Aniston yes. in this role was like really good. <laughs> Just pretty spot on casting. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she is running the pageant or one of the people running. And her aunt, Willow Dean's aunt, mm-hmm. who was also a big part of her life, when the book and movie begin, she has passed away. Yeah. She's, like, been gone for, I think, six months. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of this thing that is really going on with her but isn't really being talked about between her and her mom. Yeah. It's kind of just hanging in the air. It's kind of this tension between them. Yeah. Aunt Lucy was a huge part of Willow's life. Um, I'm just going to call her Will because she's mostly called Will yeah, in this yeah. story. Her full name is Willow Dean, which you can shorten to Will or Willow. Too many shortenings here. <laughs> but she'll correct you if you say Willow. Cause she's like, it's Willow Dean. Yeah. I think in the movie she does that anyway. Yeah. So, you know, basically Lucy, Aunt Lucy was her other parent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And in the movie, it specifically says that like when her mom was away working all the time, her Aunt Lucy was always around for her. Yeah. So in some ways, it was even more present for her than her mom. And Aunt Lucy was also a plus-size woman. And her portrayal is slightly different in the book and the movie. Yeah, so the movie really just begins with kind of these flashbacks to Will and her her Aunt Lucy. Like, mm-hmm. in the car, singing Dolly Parton, having yeah. a good time. Her mom seemed like, or I'm sorry, her aunt seemed like this really joyful, positive person. Mm-hmm. Big uh, personality. Big, big personality. And kind of just this, like, force of nature almost yeah so very i don't want to say uh simplistic because you do learn a little bit more about her Mm -hmm. but in the book you dive a lot more into kind of her complexity yeah and how she was in a lot of ways a very joyful positive Mm -hmm. person with like friends however her weight was a much was a very big factor in her life that limited her yeah in terms of like what she felt comfortable doing she kind of especially as the years got on like before her death didn't get out that much yeah we find out about how much i think trauma and psychological damage she was dealing with that she didn't like going out because people would see her They don't have any photos of her because she wouldn't let them take photos Mm -hmm. of her, which is like so tragic, right? And so on the one hand, in the book, Will has this, you know, larger than life personality, someone who introduced her to Dolly Parton, someone who raised her, someone who was such uh, an impact on her life. But at the same time, there's this flawed person who was really like trapped in this system of hating herself and feeling like other people hated her. And so because of what other people thought and what she came to view of herself, she really limited herself on what she could do, who she could be with, what she, what options she had in her life. And you kind of assume that she dealt with some type of depression. Yeah. And we find out, too, that she died of a stroke. And in the book, Will's mom kind of says... 
she died because she wouldn't lose weight. Yeah. Yeah, I think the book hits on so many important nuances with how Lucy was. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, she died of, was it a heart attack or a stroke? I can't remember which one. I think it might have been a heart attack, but like, so acknowledging that, because I mean, Lucy was very large. I Mm -hmm. think, what did they say? 400? 400 pounds. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, there are health problems that can come from that. But a lot of her struggles weren't necessarily health-related, but more self-image related, right? Yeah. And if she's not going out, that reinforces being sedentary. Yes. You know, it's one thing to be, you know, a little heavy and to be active. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But she really kept herself inside and shut herself away from people. But she did run into uh, actual obstacles at points in her life. Like Mm -hmm. at one point, her and her friend... We're going to go to Dollywood together on a trip and she couldn't go because the plane or uh, the airline told her she would have to buy two seats in order to sit on the plane and Mm -hmm. fly. And she was kind of so mortified by this that she's like, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So there are real roadblocks for people who are plus sized like that. Mm -hmm. But then again, there are things that she could have easily done that she wasn't doing just because her self image uh, was so kind of broken yeah. in a way that I just, I loved how nuanced the book got with a lot of this. Yeah, and there was a really interesting dynamic going on between the mom and Aunt Lucy too, which we don't get to see it happen. We just hear about it because yeah. obviously when we're reading the book and at the time of the narrative, Lucy has already died. But, you know, Will's mom keeps throwing around like, oh, Lucy and I were both overweight when we were teens, but I lost the weight and she never did. Almost acting like she chose to live a better life. Yeah. And that it wasn't just like a fluke of genetics. (sighs) Yeah. That she just happened, her body happened to lose the weight once she got a little bit older and Lucy's never did. And kind of almost using that to prove to herself that she earned her Miss Blue Bonnet or whatever, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I think thinking about the two sisters' relationship is really interesting and nuanced, too. Yeah, and getting into that, it's such a common talking point for people who are shaming people who are overweight to be like, oh, well, it's unhealthy to be that weight. As if all of health was focused on your weight, Mm -hmm. which is such a flawed way to view it. And it's so frustrating. Like, I'm a skinny person. And I can tell you, it's not because I watch what I eat (laughs) or do any exercise. Like, I'm just naturally thin. Yeah. And I've had health issues in the past, too, that (laughs) contribute to my weight. Yeah. So I get annoyed when other people criticize someone who's overweight Mm because I'm like, they're probably more active than I am. Yeah. Like, I'm just lucky. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or not even lucky. This is just how I am. That's just how they are. That's just, it's genetics, mm-hmm. you know? It's just how your body grows and holds on to weight and holds on to energy and sustains you in different ways. I mean, there's so many things about it, but like the societal pressure to shut yourself away because either you're ridiculed or you're literally blocked from doing something like on the airplane yes you know whether it's a a mental barrier or an actual physical barrier Mm -hmm. it's just really tough um so yeah we have all all of this going on in will's life she's still processing her aunt's death um and of course we have their love of dolly parton here yes dolly parton (laughs) is almost like um 
a deity in their household. Yes. And the her aunt had like a room that was like dedicated to Dolly Parton. Yes. <laughs> and I really like them kind of talking about Dolly Parton's just personality and mm-hmm. such her her great qualities. And uh, I, I something about Dolly Parton is just so magnetic. Yeah. Like on one hand, I don't know, she's just so joyful and like she does care about her appearance. Like she's obviously gotten like plenty of plastic surgery, but she's also very like, yeah, obviously I have. Like yeah. who cares, you know? <laughs> and I think at one point they say that she's like also a icon in the queer community. Yes. She's just kind of like a universally beloved person. Yeah. Helped fund the COVID vaccine. Yes. Yeah. Um, she has a program that children can get free books for the first five years of their life if you sign up. Wow. Um, she's just promoted so many amazing causes. She's just an amazing person. But even before she did all that, I think people loved her and respected her because she was just unashamedly herself. Yes. Right? And she also made fun of herself, but in a way that let you know that she loved herself. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I love that about her. I've seen a few interviews of her like on a talk show with old white men. Just... (laughs) Just kind of like laughing circles around them. Yeah. You know, like she's in on the any joke they could make about mm-hmm. her. She's already making it. But it's in a way that it's empowering to herself. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's fantastic. And I love <laughs> this book just kind of highlighting what she means to so many people. Yeah. Uh, Will's love of Dolly Parton also helped her form a friendship with mm-hmm. her friend L. BFF for life. BFF, all all based around Dolly Parton. <laughs> yes, her name's Ellen, but she's called L a lot. Yes. As you can see, names are shortened very frequently in this <laughs> Quite <walk>. often. <laughs> uh, L and Will are very close, and L is very thin and very kind of conventionally attractive. Mm-hmm. And this does cause some a, a lot of reflection on uh, Will's part, especially in the book, mm-hmm. kind of thinking about how Elle is treated versus how she's treated. Yeah. At one point, she has this memory of Elle was over at her house and she overheard her mom telling Elle that she should sign up for uh, the, the beauty pageant. Yeah. Which she, of course, has never said to Will. Yeah. And just kind of being reminded of her weight and how mm-hmm. that contrasts Elle's. Yeah, and even though they met when they were kids and grew up together, they are very different. And I think in the book especially, Will is feeling like they might be drifting apart. And Ellen is dating this guy and is about to have sex with him in the book. This is all in the book. Yeah. And, like, this is hard for Will because she feels like this is an experience that is separating them and that they can't talk to each other about it because it's something that Will has never done. Yeah. Um, And this ends up being kind of something that has them start drifting apart. Yeah, and in fact, uh, Elle has a a new friend that she works with at Sweet 16, like a (laughs) mall girls clothing chain that, of course, only caters to thin women. Yeah. And her new friend is just the absolute worst. Callie. Callie. (laughs) And seems to be kind of like driving a wedge between them. Yeah, in the book, she's... A real villain. She yeah. seems to she hate sucks. Will. Uh-huh. And in fact, like, says mean things about Will when Ellen isn't around. Yeah, it's it's just a tough situation. I think we've all been there and we have a friend who's hanging out with another friend and we're like, that's my friend. But you're like, <laughs> I can't act like a crazy person. But then you are a crazy person. I think there's some nuance there that could have been touched on a bit more. Definitely. Because 
I think we all have friends that we relate to differently, right? Yeah. So when Elle does have sex for the first time, she kind of talks to Will about like kind of her emotional connection and how Mm -hmm. she felt after and all that stuff. And then later, Callie mentions to Will like, oh, did she tell you about the little mishap in the bedroom with the blah, blah, blah? And Will's upset that Elle didn't say anything about that. Yeah. But- that's kind of something you might say to a different friend, like just a funny story yeah. where she might want to wanted to have had a more intimate conversation with Will about it. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of have different friends that fulfill different roles in your life. Definitely. And I think that's something that like could have been like maybe addressed a little bit more. Yeah. And I almost think Callie is too much of just a straight villain. <laughs> yeah. She, she yeah. seriously is sabotaging Will the mm-hmm. whole book. But we never find out anything else about her and, like, why she wants to be friends with Elle so bad. No. And I I love a story like a YA story where there is, like... The mean girl. The mean girl. But then you find out a little bit more about her or they even kind of, not reverse it, but, like, you kind of like her as a character. But that doesn't really uh, happen here. (laughs) We also have a storyline happening with Will, though. Um, She works at Harpies, Burgers, and Dogs. (laughs) Yeah. The uh, local fast food joint. And there's this very cute boy who also works there, mm-hmm. Bo. Bo, who <laughs> always is eating uh, red red lollipops. Oh, my and God. And we just kept laughing and joking about the idea that, like, <laughs> he, like he, he always has these lollipops in, but he smiles and his teeth are just, like, half disintegrated. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just awful. Well, it was something that when you're reading about it, you're like, okay, he's always... Eating a lollipop or whatever. Eating a lollipop. That doesn't sound right. No, it doesn't. doesn't. You have to say sucking. <laughs> He's even. always a consuming a lollipop. <laughs> Absorbing. <laughs> <laughs> Becoming one with the lollipop. Um, but when you see it in the movie, it kind of drives home that like he just has a thing of sugar in his mouth at all times. At all times. Yeah. yeah. And his teeth cannot be. It can't be good. <laughs> no. Uh, but they have this dynamic where she thinks he's kind of like checking her out and mm-hmm. they seem to kind of be flirty with each other. And the book goes way more in depth with this. Yeah. They have kind of this like summer romance where he ends up kissing her one night and they end up they'll they start driving out to like this. Burnt down elementary school. Hot. Hot. Sexy stuff. Not the beginning of a horror movie. (laughs) We keep trying to bring it back to horror. Yeah. And they'll like make out and kind of like maybe feel each other up a little bit. Yeah. And but it's like a secret. Yeah. Because Bo doesn't go to her school. Mm -hmm. He goes to a private like Catholic school where he plays basketball. And And it's the summer. So like they're not in school. You know, Will doesn't tell L about this at all and it is a secret because they're not do they're not open with each other when they're working or and they don't see each other in the daytime it's just after work at night yeah this gets to a point where will is kind of like hey this is not good and Bo had said earlier like i'm kind of in a weird spot like i don't think i should be with anyone right now i kind of had something happen to me when i was at school and like my mom died five years ago and i'm still dealing with that and from at, at least from my perspective, I'm sure from yours too. I was just like, uh huh, bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Like, oh, I, I don't want a relationship right now. And yeah. Also, like the kind of emotional manipulation of like opening up about some things, like your mom dying, but also he like is keeping a lot of other secrets from her and not being honest. She finds out towards the end of the summer that he's actually going to her school, and he didn't tell her. Yeah, he uh, his 
not his scholarship, but his uh, tuition from the Catholic school doesn't exist anymore. So he has to go to public school. So yeah. he's going to be in her classes and stuff. And he didn't mention this once. Yeah. And she just can't handle the whole secret aspect of it anymore. So she ends up calling it off. But she's also kind of dealing with feeling very insecure about her body because of her relationship with Bo. Before this time, while she did sometimes feel insecure about her weight, she mostly didn't think about it, I think, yeah. and tried to push past it. And then being with someone who is very like conventionally attractive, I'll put yeah. that in quotations yeah. here, uh, made her think, oh, I'm not deserving of him. Mm-hmm. Why would he want to be with me? And when he touches her, she feels very self-conscious about it. Yeah, and once again, the, I think the book really gets into her her headspace during this time. Yeah. I think the movie captures it well, too, mm-hmm. just in terms of when they are in the back of his truck in, in a scene and he puts his hand around her waist, she kind of flinches away. Yeah. Uh, the movie doesn't have this, like, long summer romance. Their romance is just kind of generally building up throughout the story between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to say, so... Speaking of the movie, Daniel McDonald, who plays Will. Yeah. I think she's really good in this role. Yeah. Uh, I do have some issues with, like, the way the character's written, maybe, that I'll touch on later, that kind of thing. I will say, though, I think she's too old. Yeah. And it really struck me. I mean, it, I noticed it a few times, but it really struck me in scenes when she was at work at Harpies. Yeah. Because she's wearing, like, her waitress outfit. And I'm like, she doesn't look like a teenager working a waitress job. She looks like just a waitress. She works here. She looks like a woman who just works here. She doesn't look like a teenager at all at this moment. Yeah. Like, you can, like, kind of dress her down in, like, um, teen clothes when she's in school and stuff. But when she's just in a waitress outfit, I'm like, nah. And I looked it up because I'm like, I want to make sure uh, she was born in 1991. Okay. So she's a year older than us, which I think when the movie was filmed, she was at least 26, maybe 27. Wow. So. That's 10 years older than she should be. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you know, we we shit on other uh, movies with high school characters, <laughs> yeah. like, like normal people. Yes. We're like, these are adults. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's certainly not, not the only movie to like do this, but. It did take me out of certain moments. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Otherwise, she's really great in this film, yes, though. I no. like her performance a lot. Let's talk a little bit about her and her mom a little more in depth. Yeah. Because we have pageant season upon them again. <laughs> her mom's really, she, every year she diets so she can fit into this dress that yes. she wore for the pageant. And this is really toxic. I actually just watched this, like, TikTok from, like, a therapist talking about four things you should never do um, in front of your children. Mm. And very, like, classic things. Like, one of them was, like, fight in front of, like, fight with your spouse or, like, talk to your child about your spouse or, like, family members behind their back. (laughs) And then one of them was uh, either talk about dieting or talk about your body image in a negative way. Because even if you're not putting that onto your child, the fact that you're doing it to yourself teaches them that that's how they should act too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I think that's a really, a really good point. And, you know, it, it's one of those things too where the mom is dieting. She's making salads for like her meals. So she makes salads for Will's meals. Mm-hmm. And they do talk in the book about 
her mom was always trying whatever the new trendy diet was and trying to get Will to try it. Yeah. And she would for a while and then fall off of it. And mm-hmm. they kind of being like this constant battle. And the mom will make small comments to her like, oh, you're 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 breaking out. Your acne's breaking out up here. Have you been yeah. have you been eating that greasy food at, at Harpy's? <laughs> and she's like, no, I don't even like the food there. Yeah. But it's always just kind of. Have you been sneaking food? Yeah. There's comments in the book, too, where. Will kind of says something to Elle, like, you know, my mom always kind of checks on the food to see how much I've been eating. Yeah. You know, that's just so sad to hear about. And like, you know, her mom cares about her and loves her, but just doesn't know how to support her in an emotionally and physically healthy way. Yeah. You know, and obviously she's putting that same pressure that she puts on herself on her daughter too. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that she's doing it to Will, it's she's doing it to she, herself. She genuinely thinks that's the right thing to do because yeah. she does it to herself. And that's yeah. like the, the sad, frustrating thing about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of all summarized, if you will, <laughs> with her mom's nickname for yeah. Will, which is Dumplin. Dumplin. And... Will doesn't really think, like, much about this nickname for most of her life, but I think kind of grows to resent it. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're you're relating your child to a round ball of dough. Yeah. <laughs> so, not the most... A tasty flat, ball of dough, A tasty though. ball, though. That is true. <laughs> Who doesn't love a good dumpling? Yeah. And at one scene when her mom is dropping Will off at school, of course, Will forgets her phone and she calls out, hey, Dumplin, you yeah. forgot your phone. Of course, every school, every child within a mile radius hears this. Their ears prick up. <laughs> it's so funny because in the movie, she <laughs> takes her phone back, immediately walks into school with Elle, and she's passing a kid who's standing in the hall and he goes, hey, Dumplin. And I'm like, how does he know? Like, how how does... He's too far ahead. I'm like, the, the um, word of mouth in this school is faster than even anybody can walk. <laughs> yeah, and of course, the school bully who just occasionally rags on Will and also other girls in the school who are overweight or don't look conventionally attractive ends up teasing her, calling her Dumplin'. Apparently, Will has reached her boiling point because <laughs> yeah. she knees him in the nuts. Which is pretty great. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm here for also, it. Also, though, I don't quite think he deserved it. No. I'm well, almost like, I mean, all he did was call her the name that your mom called you. Like, That's true. Come like, on. Obviously, it's like <laughs> in a shitty way. Yeah. I think in the book, he... Like, you know his history way more yeah. of being a shit and that, like, he's had it coming for, like, a long time. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, in the in the movie, it's just, like... It's just, like, walk up to him. It's like, you! <laughs> <laughs> uh, her mom has to bang a U-turn in the middle of the road and come back for her, basically, <laughs> because she has been suspended from school over this for a week. Yeah. They get into an argument here, and... I think it's a little on on the nose in the film. Yeah. Because at first they're arguing about the way she views Will and her body. And Will yeah. is calling her out on it. Like, you hate the way I look. Mm-hmm. You hate this and me. And, and her mom is like, that's ridiculous. And then she throws out, like, we both know who raised me. Yeah. It's kind of a really intense argument aggressive fight where everything's coming out like but it's only like a half hour into the film and i'm like yeah. I think this is a little too much too soon yeah and it's a little bit and i think you can address some of these things more indirectly mm-hmm. like maybe arguing about dieting more for example yeah something specific yeah yeah this well, is just 
her mom calling her Dumplin'. And I'm like, yeah, I don't this? we're not at this point yet. Yeah. And the mom kind of rebuts this idea of like, oh, your your aunt raised you and I didn't. And saying I had to work to provide mm-hmm. for us because, you know, your dad wasn't around. She doesn't say that. But it's basically like I had to make money so that we could survive, which is interesting. But also, I think this aspect of the argument is dropped. <laughs> yeah, no, that never comes back up. And I don't think it's mentioned in the book at all no no not really we just know that her mom's a nurse yeah and the idea that like she wasn't around enough in the book you get the idea just that she related more to her aunt yeah for a number of reasons but in part because of like the the body image Mm -hmm. thing because her aunt would often defend her to her mom her mom would be trying to get her on a diet and her aunt would have to kind of step in yeah and be like she's a child like this isn't healthy for her Mm -hmm. so you get more of a sense of like what their bond was in the book yeah as opposed to just being like a general mother figure Mm -hmm. this in the book we get to the beginning of a school year here obviously with her getting suspended and all this stuff and she breaks off this nighttime summer romance with poe yes um but in the book, she also meets someone else. Yes, uh, a boy who who she's kind of known all her life, but like doesn't hasn't really spoken to. Mm-hmm. He is a football player, so he's also he's kind of heavy set. But she kind of acknowledges like, well, he's considered more athletic, yeah. than like I would be, even though he's well, it's an asset to be bulkier when you're on the football yes, team, exactly. <laughs> uh, but. He just kind of immediately starts talking to her and, like, asks her out on a date. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, sure, okay. And he he seems like a genuine guy, like, seems, you know, I know, kind. I kept waiting for him to be a dick because I'm like, what's going to happen? I didn't know what I was waiting for. Yeah. So they go on a date together. And by the way, he does not exist in the film. No. None of this <laughs> that we're talking about with Mitch is in the film at all. It is only Bo yeah. as a love interest character. It is not, Mitch isn't in it. And it's funny because for most of the book, I didn't quite know how they were going to play the romance angle with either her, him or Bo. Yeah. And I didn't know who she'd end up with. And I hadn't finished it by the time we started the movie. And so when we're watching the movie, <laughs> I'm like, Mitch, doesn't I'm like, show Mitch up. isn't in this. I'm like, I don't think she ends up with Mitch in the book. <laughs> I have a feeling. It's a hunch. Yeah. I have a problem with Mitch in the book. Oh, like with him as a character? No, with his inclusion in the book. Yeah, I have many thoughts as well. Because he is just a stand-in generic nice boy Mm -hmm. who will, I think, has a friendship with and grows to appreciate and like spending time with him. But every time Will is with him, she's like, ugh. This is so boring. I don't feel any <laughs> sexual attraction to him. I yeah. feel none of the spark I feel when I'm with Bo. And I'm like, why are you telling? Why is this in here? Yeah. Like, why does he exist just for you to tell us that he's unattractive to you physically? By the time, I, I in hindsight, I definitely feel that way. At the time, I kept thinking things were going to switch, right? Yeah. Here's the thing. In one way, it's super accurate, especially to, like, high school romance dynamics, right? Yeah. 
you might have someone who's interested in you and they're a perfectly nice person. You might even be friends with them, but there's just no spark there mm-hmm. and you're not interested in them. But the person you are interested in is like problematic. <laughs> they don't give a shit about you. Yeah. Like it's toxic, <laughs> it's bad. But for some reason you're just like holding out yeah. that things will work with them. <laughs> and like, not that you have to like the nice guy, yeah. but realistically they'd be probably a much more like reliable person well she just strings him along for so long yeah they go to the homecoming dance together she you know they go on that first date they go on other she hangs out with him at his house on halloween on halloween they kiss there's like a lot going on between them he's gonna like do other stuff have other plans and then finally like he ends up seeing her with Bo one day and just being like okay well i'm just gonna not pursue you anymore because you're obviously in love with someone else. Yeah. She doesn't even have the courtesy to be like, I just like you as a friend. I want us to be friends. Mm. He has to like find her with someone else. And the way they end it. Yeah. Is baffling. She sees him at the end of the book with Patrick, the douchebag who he's like best friends with. Yeah. And she just insults Patrick and then like leaves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. She doesn't have any kind of reconciliation with Mitch. No. No coming to terms with what she did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like, I don't get what any of this had to do with her character development. Or what purpose it served at e- all. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Besides her being like, oh, I'm, I'm over you to Bo to kind of like rub it in his face. Yeah, as if she needed another romantic interest to be, I don't know. It, it's frustrating because... I kind of wanted her to gradually become interested in Mitch. Yeah. Like, I thought that would have been a more interesting dynamic for the story that, like, oh, there's this cute boy that she works with and, like, will kiss her, but, like, only at night. And, like, he doesn't want to, like, he's being real shitty about it, but she's still, like, in love with him. Mm -hmm. And then there's this, like, perfectly nice guy. Yeah. Who she's maybe, like, almost, like, fake dating that she kind of, like grows to have a fondness over. Yeah, and she realizes that he's the healthier option. Yeah. Uh, I think that could have worked really well and, like, would have justified his existence more. Yeah. But I don't know. They never... She's always just like, I'm not in, I'm not attracted to this man at all. Yeah. And I'm like, then why, are, why is any of this happening? Yeah, it's, it's just painful. Yeah, I think that's why I kept thinking it would turn around with him because I'm like, why else would he be in the story? Yeah. Uh... And all the shittiness related to Bo doesn't really get resolved. No. He just decides that, like, oh, I want to actually date you now. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, are we just going to ignore how shitty and, like, all the red flags that were raised with him earlier? Yeah, what was his explanation for that? There wasn't one. No. (laughs) So, yeah, a lot of, um, I, I can't say I disagree with his exclusion from the movie. I maybe just wish the book had justified his existence more. I agree with you. Let's get to the pageant part of the story. Yes. Because we're finally here at this moment where Will discovers a pageant application in her aunt's desk drawer. I really like this being the spark of inspiration for her Mm -hmm. because she finds this half filled out pageant application from like the fucking 70s or something or the (laughs) 80s whenever her, her and her mom would have, you know, been eligible to compete. And she kind of has this realization that, like, oh, my God, my aunt wanted to do this, but she didn't. Yeah. Like, she clearly had reservations about entering, even though she wanted to and should have. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of reflecting on, Will is reflecting on her own, 
sense of self yeah. and what she wants from herself and kind of what she wants to present to people and this idea of like, why can't I enter the pageant? Like there's nothing that says like plus sized girls can't enter, just no yeah. one ever does. Mm-hmm. And she kind of makes this like resolution to herself that she wants to do it. Yeah, and her motives I think at the beginning are mostly just uh, resistance and protest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like she's doing it as a statement, kind of. Yes. Um, and her action going to sign up ends up inspiring others. We have Millie, who is another plus size girl in the high school, who joins them. In the book, we also have a girl, Amanda, who joins, and then we have Hannah, who is in the book supposed to be unattractive because she has large teeth. Yeah, or like really bad teeth, bad teeth, like crooked, just like they're very, I guess, noticeable. Yeah. And Amanda has like uneven legs. Yeah. So she has to wear like a prosthetic boot, Mm -hmm. prosthetic, orthopedic, orthopedic boot, uh, (laughs) like a correctional one. So they're all kind of like not conventionally attractive in their own way, Mm -hmm. but they're all inspired by uh, Will and her entering the pageant. Here's the thing. In the movie, Will tells her best friend Elle, who yeah. also decides to join, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. And Elle is like, great, let's go. Next scene, they're walking in to sign up. And then Millie comes in with Hannah. Yeah. And they're like, you inspired us. I'm like, how do how? you, how do you know what's going on? When did you find this out? <laughs> yeah. There's different moments of like of that where bits of information are lost. Like there's a similar moment where, you know, in the book, Will finds out that Bo is going to school with her. Yeah. She's like, what? Yeah. And is really upset about it because he didn't say anything. In the movie, it is mentioned in passing that Bo is a boy in their school. Yeah. But it was established earlier that he didn't go to their school. I know. And and Will doesn't react to that information No. Yeah. And I'm like, was a scene cut? Yeah. Like, why is this? This is new information, right? I agree. I noticed that too. And that's a case of something that we've talked about before where when you're adapting a book... Sometimes the movie just assumes that you know what's going on and doesn't adequately fill you in. Yes. So very important plot points are dropped or they're so insistent on keeping everything the same from the book Mm -hmm. that they do it to their own plot's detriment where they could have just changed it. Yeah. Where he went to her school. Because here's the thing. She never interacts with Bo in school. No. He didn't need to even go to their school. Bo is honestly not in the movie that much either. No. So like all these scenes where she talks to him about him being in private school, the whole thing that happened with him there where he got into a fight with this other kid, his stuff with his mom, him coming to her school now and like kind of dating this one girl. Like none of that is in the movie at all. We never see him at school. He's only at Harpies. So why did they need that scene in the beginning that established that he went to a rich kid's school? Yeah. And then the scene where Becca, that one girl, says something about Bo going to their school. I, I think they cut a lot of Bo stuff out, but yeah. they couldn't cut it out of every scene. Like that scene where she talks to Becca, yeah. who mentions, oh, Bo goes to her school. Mm-hmm. I don't think they could like cut that dialogue out of the scene without the scene like falling apart or like not being... Yeah. Like intelligible. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I have a feeling that in the editing of this film, some stuff kind of got lost and they couldn't really fully piece it together. Yeah. Going back to Hannah and Millie um, in the movie and then Hannah, Millie and Amanda in the book. I do want to mention Hannah 
uh, in the movie because in the book, Hannah is um, Dominican. And um, we find out later that Hannah is a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And the movie has her as a pixie cut Maybe punk, maybe queer, but she never comes out. No. So not only do they whitewash her, but they essentially straightwash her too. Yeah. Like, I get that, you know, a lot of times side characters get their roles diminished. Yeah. So like the, the her coming out is queer element. Like maybe they thought we can't do a certain, it would be a disservice to like not really be able to get into it or like acknowledge it. But also to just cast a white girl. Yeah. And I mean, really, they totally reworked her character because in the book, she's just very standoffish. Yeah. Very kind of cold, but starts to like open up as the story goes, right? Mm -hmm. But in the film, she's kind of this like rebellious punk kind of character. And I mean, I liked her in the film. Like, I thought she was a good character in the film. Mm -hmm. But it is unfortunate that she was one of like, the only black character in the book, yeah, I think, and then gets whitewashed. Now, of course, Lee in the film is black, mm-hmm. but regardless, like I, I thought they could have done it better. Yeah, Ellen though joining the pageant ends up causing some problems where Will and Elle have a fight in the book, kind of immediately after she signs up, because yeah. Will is like, "I'm signing up as protest. You're signing up just as a pretty girl signing up." Yeah, and Elle kind of counters, like, you don't get to choose who is, like, a part of the revolution. Yeah. They keep calling it the revolution, and I got real tired of it. In the movie, mostly. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. When she says, Viva la Revolution, in a Texan accent. It was not good. It fucking killed me, Adina. (laughs) Well, and in the movie, they are fine with her signing up, but it's only when Ellen is kind of highlighted as being good at at doing the opening dance number. Yeah. That Will gets annoyed at her and is like, you're distracting from the mission. Yes. (laughs) I liked the, I liked their fight in the book because Elle, I think, does have the intention of, I'm not the type of person who wants to do this. Yeah. So I'm with you on it. Mm -hmm. But not missing the fact that, you know, for Will, it's like, my body type is not what is accepted in these pageants. That's why I'm doing it. You can't say that you're doing it for the same reason. Yes. When you're the the con- type the type that would enter. Like mm-hmm. you have to acknowledge that you're conventionally attractive or what they're looking for and that it's different for us. Yeah. So I got that. And Will has trouble. She doesn't communicate that well. No. So I kept waiting for them to come together and at least, like, fight about it in more detail. Yeah. But they don't. They're just mad at each other. The like, whole the time. whole time. <laughs> and they're not talking until they eventually make up, but not, like, actually reconciling their differences. No. Not it, actually getting to the root of the problem. Yeah. And I kind of had an issue with that. Because mm-hmm. I do think there was, like, good stuff in, like, why they were fighting. In terms of, you know, Elle had the best intentions, but was... And it's been kind of established that Elle is a little bit... um not fully understanding where Will comes from all the time. Yeah. You know, Elle is always like, oh my God, you have to come to this Halloween party with me and Mm -hmm. like dress up. And Will is like, they don't make costumes for people my size. Yeah. And if I try to- And you work at this store- Yes. That doesn't have anything that I could wear in it. Yes, I don't want to come to your store Mm -hmm. and see you because I stand out. Like all these little things that Elle just doesn't understand. 
but is never made to understand in this story. Yeah, it's not really resolved. No. Yeah. Um, but you also see a little bit of Elle's side, too, where Will is just like, you have to drop out of the pageant. And <laughs> yeah. Elle is like, um, no. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it creates this rift between them. They're not talking. But just in time to perk things up when things are looking down, we have Dolly Parton night. <laughs> This was the best scene in probably, definitely the book and probably the movie too. Definitely. Where in the book, she finds an email in her aunt's inbox Mm because she found her password and everything. And in the film, she just finds a flyer in a scrapbook. But it's for Dolly Parton night at this bar that's like an hour, two hours away from where they live. Yeah. And she gets Millie, Hannah, and in the book, Amanda, to go with her And she kind of doesn't totally tell them what it is. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't even know what it is fully. (laughs) But she's like, oh, this will help us with the pageant, with showmanship and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I love in the book how upfront it is. When they're entering the bar, there's two men in front of them holding hands. Yeah. And Hannah, or I'm sorry, I think it's Millie, is like, oh my God, I think those are are two gay men. (laughs) Like, I've never never seen a gay man before. (laughs) I've never seen a gay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I, I kind of wish they'd included that in the movie, too, just to highlight how isolated they are yeah and i mean i probably grew up in not quite as rural of an area as where they are but it was similar for me too in a way like no one was openly gay when i was in high school or hardly anyone Mm -hmm. and when i was a senior and someone came out as being trans i was like what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Like, I just didn't have a concept of you it. You didn't know what it meant. Yeah. And yeah. so I think it's important to highlight how kind of ignorant they are at mm-hmm. this point. And so they go into the bar <laughs> and are quite surprised to probably discover what drag is, like as an entire yeah, concept. Yeah, as a concept. Yeah. <laughs> They're at a drag show. Of course, it's Dolly Parton night. Yeah. And there are all these drag queens who are lip syncing to Dolly Parton songs <laughs> in elaborate wigs, just as Dolly would have intended. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's it's fan- just great. It, it's so funny. It's so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Hannah, who... I God, I keep saying Hannah instead of Millie. Mm. Millie who is also the other plus-sized girl. She's, like, very Christian and kind of, yeah. like, blocked off from society. She has a great moment where she says, holy fuck, yeah. in the film. <laughs> very out of character for her. And they're all just kind of swept up in the moment, though. Yeah. And I just love the idea of connecting Will's journey with drag queens. Yeah. Because, I mean, first of all, you have the pageant element and drag being just like all about the performance Mm -hmm. and the showmanship of it. And then, but also like the drag community is very body positive and inclusive. Yeah. And that being related to like Will's journey. Well, and also this idea that like taking up space where you were not invited. Yeah. Right? Like kind of making your own space Mm -hmm. and kind of putting yourself in there um, and putting yourself out there when you weren't invited, you're maybe not welcome, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's cool because Will ends up talking to one of the drag queens, Lee, and then um, the bar owner, Dale, and they talk to her about her aunt. They're like, oh, we knew your Aunt Lucy. She would come all the time. Yeah. In the movie, it's a lot more like, Oh, Aunt Lucy inspired me to do drag. She yeah. it's very much like, oh, Aunt Lucy was like such an inspiration. In the book, it's more kind of like we knew her, she was a really great person. You know, we like you and want you to succeed. Like she always yeah. talked about you, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, and they just kind of 
tell Will, like, when, if, if you ever need anything, like, let us know. And mm-hmm. It's just a really great moment that is very impactful for Will. Yeah. In both, like, kind of hyping her up for the pageant, I think, and also just connecting with her aunt more. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just quality, quality content. Yes. In the film, and I think probably in the book, too, at this point, Bo is very direct with Will and being like, hey, I like you. Mm-hmm. I want to be with you. And Will is just, like, too self-conscious about herself. She has this idea that, like, in school, they would be kind of a spectacle. People would be like, how did she get him? And I think in the book, you get a better sense of this. Mm -hmm. And she does kind of give a speech, too, in in the film as well. Yeah. But she's just like, we we can't make this work. We can't be together. Mm -hmm. Also, around this time, we are getting into her trying to figure out what her talent is. (laughs) For the 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 pageant. Yeah, they have to do a talent. She's a talentless girl. <laughs> she has the idea to do magic, and we have a very painful scene oh my in both the book and the movie, but I think the movie was more painful to watch, where she's trying to do a magic trick and is just failing so hard. And it is. I just want to, it wants to, you want to implode watching this. It's so bad. And this kind of gets to a part, especially I think in the film, where I get a little confused about what her motives are yeah so around this time you know she she's trying to do this magic that she clearly hasn't practiced and i don't quite get in the film what her end goal is with the pageant right yeah she says things like we're not competing to actually win yeah or like we're trying to ruin it you, you know, yeah. like she doesn't actually seem, I think in the book, she genuinely wants to compete. She doesn't have any like delusions about winning because yeah. she knows that's probably not never going to happen, but she wants, to, she genuinely wants to compete mm-hmm. and to meet everyone, even if she doesn't always put in the time that she should. Yeah. We know where she's coming from. In the film, she's kind of like, she doesn't try. She's not trying to do the dancing. When she fights with Elle, she's like, we're not trying to win. We're trying to like ruin it. Yeah. And so when she's like struggling with the magic, and then is really upset about it later. I'm like, what do you want? Is like, this on purpose? Yeah. What do yeah. you What do you want right now out of this like whole situation? Yeah. Like I kind of needed. If you're gonna, if you're trying to ruin it, like you need more of a plan to actually ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> than just to be bad at it, because that's just only gonna justify people's opinions that you don't belong there. Yeah, it is a little bit confusing. I think in the book it's kind of confusing too, because she's like, I want to be in the pageant. I don't want to be in the pageant. Yeah. At one point she like backs out and is like, I'm quitting the pageant. Yeah. And Hannah has to kind of talk her back into joining the pageant. This is where we get the scene too, where Hannah ends up coming out to Will, which is a really great scene. But yeah, it's just kind of a lot of like, oh, I don't want to do it. I do want to do it. Like I'm not putting any effort in, but also like it's not fair. I don't know. Yeah. And I think in the film too, because like the magic scene is right after her scene where she turns down Bo. And, like, I get why she turns down Bo. Yeah. But also, I'm like, this boy of your dreams is like, I love you. I want to <laughs> date you. Yeah. And she's like, we can't do it. And then she's doing, she's failing at the pageant because she's not trying even though she wants to do it. And then she's really upset. And I'm like, why are you upset? Like, I don't, <laughs> like, everything that is that you wanted to happen is happening. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, like, there isn't room there for, like, a nuanced, like, her feeling conflicted. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think the movie especially, like, really sells it or is communicating what's going on. Yeah. And then we have, like, these montage scenes where the group is all going to the drag bar and the drag queens are helping them with their talents. Yeah. And showing them how to strut on stage. And then we see... 
you know, Elle practicing her magic and getting better at it. Mm-hmm. So then this is sort of like an inspirational scene of them getting hype. Yes. I have to say, you know, we talked about Hannah in detail, mm-hmm. but Millie, yes. especially in the film, is so good. <laughs> She's awesome. And even though I think Willow is, you know, an interesting character, and even though I think uh, Daniel McDonald does, you know, well enough mm-hmm. with, with the role, I was kind of like, I kind of want this to be Millie's movie. <laughs> like, I just loved her character so much. Millie unironically wants to be in this beauty pageant. Yes. Millie joins because when Will joins, she's like, I've always wanted to, but I've been too afraid. And now that you're doing it, I'm unashamedly saying, I love this shit. Yeah. I'm going hard. Yeah. I love in the movie when they see her jogging with the other, like, <laughs> Like very skinny women who are in these like pink tracksuits yes. training for the beauty pageant, and some guys like start catcalling her, and she just yells at them that she's praying for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like really Christian and conservative. Yeah, but like you know, she I think is when they go to the drag bar, mm-hmm. she's like kind of like what is this? But then is like very like into it and yeah. like happy about it, and she's just like a very positive and great character. Mm-hmm. There's another great scene where. Her and Hannah in the film are waiting for Will to come out of the bar. Yeah. And uh, Millie asks, like, oh, what kind of music do you listen to? Yeah. And Hannah's like, uh, grunge, punk. Metal. She's like, oh, I listen to, like, contemporary Christian music. (laughs) And then she's like, okay. And, I mean, we're skipping ahead to talk about this, but Millie's talent when she becomes, like, a gospel singer. What the fuck? I know. I only say that because her talent originally was singing. Yeah. But she was doing hula hoops with it. Yeah. And it was bad. Her singing was bad. Yeah. But I guess the hula hoops were just distracting her. <laughs> her from her full singing voice. Yeah, because when she's not doing hula hoops, she has an amazing voice. Yeah. Um, This actress, whose name I'm blanking on right now, she was in the live, what was it? The televised live production of Hairspray. Oh, cool. She starred in it, I yeah. think. And after that, the, they were like, we want her for <laughs> Millie. Uh, so yeah, she was just perfect casting. And I, I just love her so much. She's so great. Yeah. Around this time, too, the mom, uh, Will's mom, is kind of cleaning out her aunt's room. Yeah. And this is kind of a point of contention between them because mm-hmm. her mom is like, we, we can't just leave it as is. We need more space in this house. Mm-hmm. But by that, she means like, I need more space to do pageant things. Yeah, which Will resents because she's like, Lucy's room was the only place in the house that was free of this pageant bullshit. Yeah. And now you're taking that over. And it's really tough when you lose someone to try to go through their things, right? Because mm-hmm. so one person might be ready to donate things, sort through what you're going to keep, what you're going to give away. The other person is not ready to do that. And yeah. that's how it is with Will and her mom. Will is just not ready to go through this stuff. It's interesting because the mom does bring up the fact that she is taking in, uh, like, a side business Mm, for altering dresses for the pageant for girls and using that to make money because they don't have Lucy's disability income anymore. Mm -hmm. And that being a factor that she needs this extra room to do this extra work. Um, But we have a couple scenes in the book and the movie where Will and her mom are in contention over getting rid of Lucy's stuff, turning Lucy's room into this sewing room. There is this really great scene in the movie, though, where the two of them kind of come together a little bit, and the mom is kind of, it seems like having a moment here where she's actually grieving Lucy's loss, too. 
yeah, she discovers Lucy's half-filled-out pageant application. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of a big divergence from the book in terms of what her mom and her aunt's relationship was like. Yeah. But her mom is kind of so shocked to see that her that Lucy had kind of not done something that she secretly wanted to. Yeah. Because she says, like, Lucy was so brave. She always did what she wanted to do. Yeah. And yeah. so this is kind of like very revealing to her and it, it it makes her mom like very emotional to like discover this. Mm-hmm. And I really love this scene. And in fact, she tells Will, she's like looking around at this, the room that she's cleaned out. And mm-hmm. she says, I think I gave too much of her away. Yeah. And kind of realizing that maybe she tried to move on too quickly, too quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and Jennifer Aniston does a really great job with this scene, I think. Definitely. It's a really good scene. We have another scene in the book. It's not the same, but it is kind of a moment of Will and her mom coming together where Will has to make this like prop for the opening dance number. Oh, yeah. And she puts it off and her mom just sits down and starts helping her. And the two end up like drinking champagne together (laughs) and laughing and staying up late and kind of just having this moment where they're bonding and her mom isn't putting these expectations on her with Mm -hmm. the pageant and Will isn't trying to push back against what her mom wants. It's just the two of them having a sweet moment together. And I really liked having this in the book too. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed seeing like a lighter side of their relationship, you know, yeah. even though they're maybe like not fully resolved their feelings. Like this is kind of a sign of where they could be at some point. Yeah. So I like that as well. Let's get into finally the pageant part. The meat of the pageant. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're in the preliminaries, which is the day before the pageant, where each contestant is questioned on just their answering skills. You know, I love that we watched. So we recently watched <laughs> yeah. Ian for the first time. No, I've seen it before. I oh, think. you have? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. At least like a long time ago. But I, I, I knew pretty much the whole thing. We watched Miss Congeniality. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? It's. It's got a lot of bad shit in it. Yeah. But overall, it is still a quality film. Yeah. It's a kind of uneven movie, but there's so many great parts in it that you forget that it's bad until you start watching it again. Yes. Also, like the finale of it, the third act is like really genuinely great. Like it just really builds up a lot of jokes and moments and Mm -hmm. things like getting into the actual pageant. But this was so funny to me thinking of all these different parts of the pageant and how they're in Miss Congeniality too. Like when they have to answer the questions about like what they want for the world and everyone says world peace. (laughs) And then of course, um, the Miss Rhode Island being asked about her perfect date. <laughs> what, what's the date? I forget it. I think it's either a- April, April 25th yes. or something. <laughs> it's such a classic. It's not too hot, not yeah. too cold. Oh, you need this light jacket. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved that we watched that just so recently. Yeah. Uh, here's my thing, though, is in the in Dumplin. Yeah. They do the questioning as a preliminary. Yeah. As if they don't have time to do it during the actual show. I know. But I'm like, what? How much is it going on in the actual show that they don't have time for this? I'm not sure. Like, you have them walk out a few different times in, like, formal wear and swimsuits. And they do their talent. The talent probably takes up a good amount of time. But that's it. But is that really enough to, like, fill out the whole show? Yeah. And so they get asked these questions, and Will gets asked one dumb question in the book that we don't need to talk about, and then is asked, define loyalty. Yes. And this is an opportunity where she is talking about loyalty. She is thinking of, or in the movie, is staring right at Elle 
when she's doing it and is like, I need to try to make up with Elle. Yeah. And this is them finally kind of reconciling. They finally talk behind stage Mm -hmm. and apologize to each other and seem to kind of come to terms. And doesn't Elle in the book even like admit that Callie kind of sucks? Is annoying. Is annoying. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, it's nice that they're back together. Although this whole story, almost the entire story they've been fighting. I know. And I'm like, I don't know if we... In the book, it, it spends more time with them yeah. beforehand, but I'm like, I don't know if I We got, had enough time. Yeah, to actually be invested in their fight. Yeah. It's not like in a, like a Harry Potter book in the fourth one where Harry and Ron are fighting. Mm-hmm. Not that I like that, but like, okay, we've seen them for three books, what their dynamic is. Yes, so you it, know what it's like. It means something now, but in this story, it's like over half the story is just these two characters fighting <laughs> that we don't really know. Yeah. Uh, but- Another thing happens, which is Millie's mom shows up because she didn't know that Millie had entered the pageant. Yes. And Millie forged her mother's signature uh. on the application. Uh, Yeah, because when she asked her mom to join, her mom said no. And Millie implies that her mom said that because she thought that Millie would get made fun of. Yeah. And this is a scene where the mom threatens to take her out of the beauty pageant and Will kind of stands up for Millie in this moment and is like, you don't see the Millie that I see. Like, mm-hmm. she's up here crushing it. Yeah. You know, she was born yeah. to do this. She's so happy doing this. And she actually has really thick skin and is very confident in who she is. And is she? she's doing this. She's always wanted to do this. Please don't take this away from her. Yeah. Some of these moments get a little schmaltzy, yeah. like in the film and book, but they're still good moments. And then we're, and then we get the uh, woodchuck Chuck. What? What is the- that? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Maybe I should have saved that for lightning round. Maybe. I. Yeah. But um, I, I can't explain it other than I guess Millie's last name is Mitchell Chuck or Mitchell Chuck. And they have like a family. A woodchuck Chuck Mitchell Chuck. Look, when it's happening, you're just like, I don't what's it's happening. It's like a fever dream. <laughs> uh, so they get into the, 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 the like you said, the meat of the pageant now, the, the true meat, yeah. right? The main course. <laughs> uh, we get all of the classic parts, including athletic wear. AKA swimsuits. Yeah. I just hate this as a concept in I like know. beauty pageants. Yeah. Like honestly, you could keep every, almost every aspect of a beauty pageant, even like, you know, the formal wear and like looking nice and mm-hmm. the questioning and like the talent portion and awarding yeah. someone. I'm like, yeah, all right. Like it's still a little weird, but okay. But the the swimsuit thing, I'm like, yeah, no, you ruined it. <laughs> yeah, like how is this not just an excuse for like creepy adults to watch teens prance around in swimsuits? Yeah, especially because this is a teen one, and there are a lot of beauty pageants that are for teens. I mean, in you know Miss Congeniality, it's they're I think in college or something. So yeah, they're a little yeah, bit they're... older, but it's still like it's just uncomfortable. In the movie, like. Will and Elle, because they've made up at this time, use this as a, their statement piece. Yeah. <laughs> in the exhibit, um, <laughs> they have the, their front and backs painted to read, everybody is a swimsuit body. Yeah. Which is great. You know, mm-hmm. everyone can wear a swimsuit and everyone has the right to wear a swimsuit. But and in the book, it's just her walking out and being like, I'm wearing a swimsuit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. Yep. Uh, the talent portion uh, everyone does their their own little talents. Uh, L, what does L do? I'm clogging. To, clogging. L <laughs> clogs. 
Callie does the ventriloquist in the film. Act. Oh my god, it's like awful. It looks yeah. so terrible. Uh, Will finally has honed in her magic performance and mm-hmm. kind of like, at least in the, is it? I, I, I'm trying to remember now. So in the book, I think she just does like a Dolly Parton lip sync, yeah, kind of drag type performance Mm -hmm. in the in the book i said i think yes in the film she kind of combines that with what with magic with magic (laughs) yeah and it like works yeah but uh so she really has kind of like stepped up and actually like put time and effort into it and Mm -hmm. does something that she can like walk away feeling proud of yes she ends up back in the dressing room her mom wants to see her and you can tell her mom is really proud of her and i think this was a a point of contention between them where her mom didn't feel like she was trying. Yeah. And so she felt like Will was just trying to ruin the beauty pageant Mm -hmm. and the beauty pageant is really important to her mom. So now when she sees that Will has like put in the effort and really made her proud by making this awesome performance, doing it really well, she's just very emotional and it's a really sweet scene. Yeah. Do they fight though in the book? They fight in the book. Yeah. In the book, like the mom is pissed because Will's routine wasn't like approved. Yeah. She didn't have the music approved because she changed a lot beforehand. Mm -hmm. And her mom is like, oh, you're going like against the rules and regulations and you're going to be disqualified now. Yeah. And in the film, Will kind of knew, I think in both versions, she knew changing her performance would get her disqualified. Yeah. But she didn't care about winning to begin with. So for her, it was like fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the book, it's a lot more aggressive. Her mom being like, oh, you ruined this. In the movie, it's like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. But honey, you know I have to disqualify you, right? Like Out of love. <laughs> <laughs> but it does make sense. She's like, I'm your mom. I can't like show favoritism. Yeah. And and Will is like, yeah, no, I knew this was going to happen. It ends up being this thing where Will wants to walk out with everybody in their formal wear as like the last bit of the pageant. And her mom says she can't because she's disqualified. But fortunately for Will, <laughs> Elle's escort, her boyfriend, Tim. Remember Tim? Nope. <laughs> Not at all. He has food poisoning. So Good. Will ends up escorting Elle out as her escort so she's not participating and gets to walk out with everybody but yeah like (laughs) tim as like a character we've seen him maybe once or twice in the movie yeah he's like non-existent essentially (laughs) in the book hannah actually walks out with a girl i know who's kind of dressed up in a tuxedo yeah and I think Will was like, oh, my God, this is so perfect. Like, she's not breaking any rules. Yeah. Because she has an escort. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, clearly, like, she's kind of sticking it to, like, the conventions. Yeah. And coming out. And coming out. Pretty yeah. openly, which is very, very cool. We also get a scene where Will and her mom are talking together about this disqualification. And her mom's like, okay, help me, like, zip up into my pageant dress. And it won't zip up. <laughs> Yep. And her mom's <laughs> freaking out and panicking. Yeah. And Will is like, okay, we'll fix this. In the book, she just uses like some out- industrial clamps. Yes, to like secure <laughs> the dress in the back and is just like, don't turn around when you're on stage. <laughs> and in the film, she goes out and finds Lee, who I love in the film. Lee and the other drag queens are like attending. Yeah, attending the pageant. The pageant. They're sitting with Millie's mom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But she gets like a dress that I guess Lee just like had on hand. 
and gives it to her mom. So it's like very flashy and like it's a, clearly a Dolly Parton outfit. Yeah, and it doesn't fit her. <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, but you know, uh, Will kind of steps up and helps her mom out in this situation. And in the film, she also gives her mom this bee pendant that belonged to her aunt. Yeah, that she still had. Which kind of ties back into her mom feeling like she gave too much of the aunt away. Mm-hmm. And so, and I love Jennifer Aniston's part in this because she's very overwhelmed by this moment. Yeah. But is also clearly not trying not to cry <laughs> and like ruining her makeup. So she's just like fanning herself. And... She gets the hair dryer on <laughs> yeah. to like blow away her tears. I'm like, I never thought of that. That's a great idea. <laughs> this makes me think though, in the book, Elle asks... About the bee pendant. About the bee pendant. And then it's never brought up again. No. Yeah. (laughs) And then the movie was like, the bee pendant is the most important thing. It's going to be in the logo. Yeah. And yeah, that it just now occurred to me. I'm like, that doesn't come back in the book, does it? No. Uh, So yes, they have their final walkout in the formal Mm -hmm. wear. And then Will is backstage as they're announcing the winners. Yeah. I think second runner up went to, was it Callie? It's different. Okay. So in the book, um, in the so in the movie, Callie wins second runner up. Okay. And then Millie wins first runner up. Yes. And then Becca wins the pageant. Yeah. In the book, we just hear, we don't know who else won, but we hear that Millie got second runner up. Oh, I thought she just got I thought she just got runner up. She said second runner up. Okay, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's confusing because that would be like third place. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I love this moment so much. I know. I love that. And it's like kind of realistic too in a, a yes. way that like they probably wouldn't award it to Millie just because she is very not conventionally what they like look for in the pageants. But yeah. obviously she just was so great at it. Mm-hmm. And like her getting even like any acknowledgement is like a huge victory. Yes. And so I, and she's just so great. So I loved this moment. I love in the film how Will is walking away. Yes. And we hear that Becca wins, but we just hear it. We don't yeah. see it because we're following Will as she leaves the pageant. And it's such a great representation of like, it doesn't matter. Yes. You Millie know? winning we were was, excited about Millie. was the victory. Mm-hmm. So I love the way that was filmed. Yes. However, I hate the way the book and movie ends. I know. When you think about it, because... She just had this great experience with her friends, yeah, her, mom, her mom, all these people. She did this thing that she the drag queens that came. The drag queens are there. She's been meaning to do this thing for so long, and mm-hmm. she did it. It's kind of in memory of her aunt. All this stuff, right? She leaves. She doesn't even get to congratulate Millie on winning. No, she leaves. And then goes to fucking talk to Bo. Yeah, she's finally like, okay, I have the confidence we should be together. And like, look, I get it. I get the, because like, you don't even think about it right away. Yeah. It's just kind of dramatic, like her leaving in this way and then finding Bo and being mm-hmm. like, I'm inspired in this moment yeah. to pursue this relationship. I get the intent of it. But when you think about it, I'm like, why? She shouldn't leave right yeah, now. Yeah, she should be with her friends. Yeah. They should be celebrating this moment together. Yes. Yeah. And I'm very upset that she <laughs> walked away when she did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She and Bo in the movie, they kiss. In the book, it's just kind of them coming together she shows up and it's like oh what's gonna happen but yeah i agree with you i did like the movie line where he asks if she won and she says no i was disqualified (laughs) and he says that's my girl (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's just so much with Bo's character that just kind of gets swept under the rug. Yeah. Like, I don't like how their relationship started. I don't like that it's never really like... Because, I mean, I really wanted it to be revealed that he's a shit. Yeah. Because that's so more realistic. I know. That, like, she would be so in love with this guy. And, and he's he, just using her. Yeah, and she kind of lets him. Mm-hmm. And he probably is attracted to her, but also doesn't want it to be, like, known because yeah. she isn't conventionally attractive and that he would use her in that way. And that's why I thought, like, oh, maybe she'll be drawn to Mitch. Yeah. Even though she wasn't initially. And I thought that maybe could have worked better, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. Yeah. So... Which one's better, Ian? I I usually go first. I'll let you, because you let me go first, like, every time. <laughs> Not every time. Most times. Well, this is a little tricky, mm-hmm. I think, because I do have problems with the book, like we were just discussing. Yeah. The whole Mitch thing is really, really bothers me. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the bow thing isn't that great either. But I do think the movie is structurally weak. Yeah. You know, it just feels like it's missing so much. And I think they could have done a better job of cutting things out or making different plot lines that would have felt more organic to the story. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the trap that we've talked about a lot where movies are almost too faithful to the book. Yeah. To their own detriment, because when they start, you know, cutting scenes, then you really get confused about what's going on in the plot. I think solely for the fact that Aunt Lucy's character was really nuanced and I think Will's relationship with her aunt and her aunt's legacy was really thoughtful, I'm going to go with the book. Yeah, I'm going to go with the book too for exactly those reasons. Because I mean, the things that really make this story unique is that it's it's from the perspective of a plus size girl. Mm-hmm. And especially when she's kind of forced to like either embrace herself or reject herself based on this pageant. Yeah. And the book just gets so much more nuanced with like just day to day life. You know what I mean? Like the Halloween costumes or she yeah. talks about wearing her the dress uniform at work instead of like the pants and shirt because the pants are too tight. Like the waistband cuts in and like Mm -hmm. kind of all these like real world. Nitty gritty concerns. Yeah. That like uh, fat people deal with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, also what she was going through with the pageant and everything that was like really nuanced and specific that the book was able to talk about felt very genuine and thoughtful and is the stuff that I think I'll remember most from this story overall. I agree. And like the movie is like, yeah, like a feel good movie, Mm -hmm. but you lose that nuance, especially with losing Aunt Lucy's character. Yeah. Or the the way she was in the book. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah, I mean like it's cool in the movie that she was so positive and great, even though she did clearly have like her own reservations about herself. Yeah. But like, It's a much more simplistic take on the character. Definitely. So I think we're both going to go with the book. Uh, The movie is a fun watch, though. Oh, yeah. Plenty of Dolly Parton songs to (laughs) keep you going. But I would like to share um, our patron thoughts, uh, Devin's, about uh, the book and movie. Yeah. So Devin says, I heard of the movie first when the trailer dropped and later purchased the book. Being raised on Dolly Parton music and being a bigger (laughs) girl myself, I was instantly drawn to this film. I watched it on the premiere day with my friend, and we laughed and cried at the beautiful story of friendship and loving yourself. I read the book after, and I will say I didn't love it as much as the film, as there were too many extra storylines going on, (laughs) and to me, it was a distraction from the story's main plot. 
but that didn't ruin the message of both the book and the film. How confidence, positive self-esteem, and good friends matter more than what size dress you wear. And as Dolly Parton says, I'm not going to limit myself just because people won't accept the fact that I can do something else. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on this, Devin, with us. And um, even though we, I think, slightly disagree on which one is better, both are really excellent storylines and messages that are focusing on plus-size women, focusing on people who might not feel like they can be in beauty pageants, but, you know, there should be space for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, where the film might be weak, I think the book makes up for it. And where the book might be weak, the film makes up for it. So they do kind of, like, pair well in that way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I can definitely see going either way on it. Yeah. Let's do a lightning round. Yeah, let's get into lightning. So first up for lightning round, I just want to mention in the book that at one point Will is working at Harpy's, which is the burger place. And then she can't do it anymore because Bo is too distracting. She's broken things off with him. She sees him at school. She needs a break. So she decides to work at this place across the street called the Chili Bowl. And I'm like, is this a joke that I don't understand? Because the Chili Bowl has no customers. Yeah. And the chili is bad. And Mm. nobody works there except (laughs) her. And it's like, how does this place even stay in business? But, yeah. it, but it sounds like a staple of the community. I'm like, is this a front? Like, is it, are they selling something else on the side? Like, what's happening? I didn't think that much into it, but I have no idea. But then she gets hired back at Harpy's. Yeah, she leaves. I was like, what was the point of this? What was the Chili Bowl subplot really about? Is this the author being like, there's no good chili in my hometown? Like, what? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, okay, so I have to read this part because this was something that I think the uh, the author rightly knew that she needed to explain because it sounds like a Texan Southern thing. Yeah. But I'm also like, I still don't understand it. I still can't imagine it. And I was hoping the movie would depict it because I'm like, I need a visual aid for this. Yeah, and they did. And it didn't. So um, let me just read this part of the book. <laughs> Uh, This is when she is in Mitch's bedroom hanging out. Mm -hmm. Hanging on the posts of the head of Mitch's bed are his mom garters from freshman and sophomore year homecoming. Moms are one of those things that are so specifically Southern that I both love and hate them. The best moms are homemade with giant artificial chrysanthemums on cardboard backing with huge streams of ribbon hanging from them. Since they're for homecoming, they're made in school colors, and the ribbons usually have glitter and letters that spell out different things, like you and your boyfriend's names or your school mascot. It used to be that girls would pin them on their shirts, but like most things in Texas, they're, they've only gotten bigger. Now mums are so heavy that they have to be worn around your neck, and guys, especially football players like Mitch, wear miniature versions of garters around their arms. It's all pretty ridiculous, but in a dolly kind of way. <laughs> I'm like, what are we talking about? Yeah. What? Like, I'm just imagining a giant, like, blue ribbon. It sounds like a parade <laughs> float that you wear around your neck. Like, that's the only thing. Like, there's flowers and cardboard and letters and, like... Ribbons. But, but like, you just wear it around your neck all day? Like, what yeah, is this? like a prize cow. <laughs> yes. Uh, Mitch does give her one later. and She talks about there being, like, little miniature teddy bears on it. Yeah. Like, how big is this? What is, yeah, yeah. I need a scale <laughs> I reference. I need a visual aid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you know about this, please, please contact us. I'm sure us. we could find them online if they're, if they really do exist, but even so. Yeah, <laughs> that would be too difficult. <laughs> yeah, too much research. <laughs> uh, last for lightning round, I just want to mention a scene in the movie that's like right at the beginning when Will and her mom end up going to this 
other pageant in a nearby town because oh her mom is like guest presenting oh or my something. God, yes. And they drive up and their Will's mom is in the back laying down flat on the back seat <laughs> so that she doesn't wrinkle her dress. And they open the, the door and she has to like shuffle out. See, my thought was that her dress was too tight that she can't like sit. Oh, maybe she can't. Properly. I thought it was like the wrinkling. That It could be that. I, I was under the impression that she can't like breathe, fold, like fold herself in half, even like any amount. She's not foldable. Like she's a plank of wood. <laughs> Just the image of her lying flat in the back seat as they drive her. Well, yeah, and you don't know she's in the car at first it's just uh will and l and yeah. it's not until she opens the door and her mom's head kind of like falls out <laughs> yeah that part was like very funny i loved that uh that's the end of lightning round and this episode on dumplin thank you again to devin our patron who requested this episode if you have an episode mm-hmm. that you would love for us to discuss your favorite book and movie combo or maybe something that you hated but you just want someone else <laughs> to discuss yeah. it Um, The quickest way to do that is to become a patron. Pay up. (laughs) (laughs) Our patrons have priority episode uh, requests, so we put you right on uh, the top of our list um, if you're a patron. And we really appreciate everybody who contributes to the podcast. You know, we put a lot of work into the podcast and we Mm -hmm. don't do ads here. And so every dollar, every bit of change really helps us. We deserve money. (laughs) Okay, Ian. <laughs> Let's just be real. <laughs> um, but you can also contact us about any requests or feedback you have on any of our social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you can email us at coveredacreditspod at gmail.com. Yeah, if you're looking for links for any of those things, uh, they're all at coveredacreditscom mm-hmm. uh, All of our social media handles, everything like that. And uh, did we mention the bonus episodes? No, we haven't. We have a ton of bonus episodes for yeah. all of our patrons as well. <laughs> Once, you, uh, If you join at any tier, you have access to all of them. We are doing for uh, Halloween month to make up for the lack of horror with Dumplin'. <laughs> uh, for our bonus episode, we were discussing all of the Sigourney Weaver alien movies. Yes, the Sigourney franchise. So we're not talking about uh, Prometheus or whatever, Alien Covenant. Yeah. Those are out. But... We love the first two aliens. Yes. The third one, which we've never seen, was David Fincher's first ever movie. And he Mm -hmm. has, like, rejected it. He does not (laughs) include it in his filmography. So we want to see it. Yeah. And also the fourth one, um, Alien. I I don't even remember what it's called. Yeah. Like Revelation or something. That's probably not right. (laughs) Uh, Is atrocious, apparently. So we have to see them. Yes. And so we'll be discussing all four of those films in a bonus episode. Yes. And you can get access to that at any level if you join our Patreon. You can also support us by leaving a rating or a view either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or the listening app of your choice if you're able to leave a rating or review. It really means a lot to us when yeah. people just say how much they enjoyed the podcast and it helps other people find us too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We will see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.